0: Welcome to The Prophetic with Joan Kirkwood podcast. Joan is a prophetic minister based in Adelaide, Australia. She's known and loved around the world by those who have experienced her ministry firsthand. After pioneering and leading her own congregation for 28 years, she now focuses on mentoring business and spiritual leaders, both locally and around the globe. I'm your host, Luke Reeves, and in this first episode, I discuss with Joan how she came to not only know the Lord, but how a powerful prophetic ministry began. So, Joan, how are you?
1: I'm really good, thank you, Luke.
0: And thank you for joining me today for a bit of a chat. Yes. So I'm Luke Reeves and this is Joan Kirkwood and we're just discussing today the prophetic, but more so from Joan's own experience. So Joan, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Well, a long time ago, it really began when I was a very tiny little girl. Even by the time I was 11, I knew there was a very strong calling of God on my life because I was prophesying and interpreting and doing all that even then. And, but it started really, I, 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 from memory, I, I can remember I was about four. And uh, I lived in a tiny village in Surrey, England, called Colston. And it was very tiny then, it's possibly much larger now. And uh, we had a backyard and a gate that would take us out and the usual things, the plants, the children's garden and the chickens and all that stuff. And um, at four, I I found the latch to the gate. I believe I was about four and found my way out and went walkabout, as we say in Australia, and walked down the road. It was called Chipstead Valley Road. I still remember it very clearly, and uh, and I found a church, a Baptist church, as I now know, because I I have been back to visit, and uh, went through an open door, and uh, amazingly nobody had stopped me. I was a little girl, and uh, into the church and found the baptismal tank, which fortunately was empty. I'm I'm really glad <laughs> glad about that, and. Um, found my way down the steps and I I distinctly remember there was plugs going down from the top on a chain and and I I played soldiers in the the tank and it was wonderful and a drawbridge, the plug and the chain became the drawbridge and having a wonderful time and um, I actually did that three or four times I do believe before the gate was fixed. But then I heard some screaming from outside and, and uh, two or three people rushed into the church and I was just busy having a wonderful time playing soldiers and, and I heard my mother really scream out and, and she, she, she screamed, oh my God, that child will be the death of me yet and th- that saying was to follow me through life. I was a very adventurous, inquisitive little girl and that was the beginning, of course, of the strong prophetic call on my life, which has not ceased, has only has only increased. And I want to share as much as I can about the ordinary things in my life to encourage others to pick up their call and to follow God.
0: Yep, that's fantastic. Thank you. So, like, what point was it where you... Really knew that like God was real. So obviously there's some, you know, family stuff going on there that would have been maybe a bit hard to deal with. But you know, what was the journey when you finally realised? You know, going from just the little girl playing to the, you know, the young lady that Prob- knew-
1: probably about eleven. Um, I had a brother of twenty one who had been in the navy, and uh, he he caught cancer stomach cancer. And my mother lived in a, an upstairs, we call them flats, and uh, with an attic on top of that. And uh, I was sitting down in the passageway on my own. His coffin was in the lounge, as we say now. It was the front room then when I was growing up. And uh, they put the coffin in the front room and a parent stayed with the child, my brother, Duncan, uh, he wasn't left alone. That's just the way the yep. way they handled it. And I was sitting on the floor with my back against the wall, and and I was totally I remember totally in despair, and I cried out to God and said, God, if you are real, I really need to know you now. I need to know you. And and uh, and it was from that place of de- utter despair that that I started to know God and to wow. kn- to know that he was real.
0: Yeah. So there wasn't like, was there any kind of emotional experience, like, as in like any feelings that of something from outside of yourself or was it just a knowing, how it described? Then
1: it, it came, I mean, it was much later that I actually, well, no, not really much no, later because can I backtrack a yeah, little absolutely. bit? Yeah, absolutely. When, when uh, I was four, And and after I'd had that experience of always going to the church, getting out the gate and going to the church, the minister came to see my parents who were Mm -hmm. non-Christian and uh, suggested that I go to Sunday school, that I had such an interest in the church that I should go to Sunday school. And I clearly remember sitting on in rows of the little chairs that children sit on. And the teacher had said, does anybody here want to give their heart to Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I have never <laughs> forgotten the picture of myself putting my hand up and going forward and sitting on the chair at the front of the class and the teacher praying for me to oh, wow. to come to Jesus. Yep. That's when I had my introduction to the Lord. And I believe I was born again much later, but I had an introduction there.
0: Yeah, mm. yep. so the, the beginning of a relationship. You yes, yeah. a
1: beginning of a relationship. They they recognised that, uh, I think they recognised that there was something different about my life. And, and you know, I, I surely felt different. Yep. Um, I didn't feel the same. I, I used to say to my mother right through the years, Mum, you know, is my dad a different dad to the rest of the family and she used to say to me, Joan, why, why do you say these things? Of course, no, you know, of course, your dad is your dad, and and I used to say, but but I'm so different. And she oh, wow. would say, and she would say, yes, yes, you you are different, but you you're part of this family, you know. And mm. so I knew from being a little girl that there was something different about me.
0: Yeah, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> um, so. It's
1: amazing telling the story. Yeah, it's it's really
0: (laughs) cool. And it's good for me to hear it because I've heard so many stories but I haven't actually heard the original original story where it all comes from. I
1: don't don't think anybody has, Luke. You know, I'm pretty shy about sharing all these things. But I have to be – I do know that it needs to be told.
0: Absolutely. And as well, for me, it shows how important it is for anyone that's even remotely interested in ministry or – you know, just being a representation for God, you know, that yes. how important it is for young people and yeah. how.
1: I was a little girl. Yeah,
0: and how impacting uh, everyone's life can be. It doesn't matter what age they they are, you know, we can uh, still have an impact and we yes. never know what is going to come from, That's right. from that. It's really cool. And you
1: know that scripture that even a little child shall lead them. Yeah. I, I totally believe in that. I'm mm. very mindful of now of what we say in front of our children. Mm. and Absolutely. Very mindful.
0: Yeah. Because, yeah, no, that's very cool. So I remember you telling a story one day about receiving the spirit for the first time. Oh. And if I recall, it was around a time of grief. Is that? Yes, it is was. Is that right? Am I got the it right was. story there? It
1: was. Yeah. It uh, um, When my brother died, Mm -hmm. uh, the brother I was talking about, Duncan, uh, just after that time, I was in the the Church of England. I grew up in the Church of England and going to church on my own. None of my family went to church, just from a little girl, you know. By this time, we'd left Colston and we'd gone up to the north of England, to Newcastle, because there was a lot of war around the Southern uh, counties. And my father had come from Newcastle and he wanted us all to go back to Newcastle. So my brother actually died in Newcastle, not Colston. And it was after he died and he was he was buried that my confirmation came up. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the saddest times in my life. I, I don't think as a, I was possibly again Eleven or twelve, because that's when you get confirmed, in the Anglican Church, or did. And um, it was it wasn't long after I would sat in the in the front porch and cried out to God to know Him, and and uh, it came up about the confirmation. Well, they families handled grief differently. Luke mm. then, and the parents uh, wore all black, and the children were supposed to wear all black or if the parents were a little bit I don't know how to find a word but perhaps lenient they they could wear partial partial black yeah. and a black armband well the um, the confirmation came up and there was possibly about 12 or 13 around that number I remember because we took up one row in the church and um, and I was going to be confirmed. Well, none of my family, they didn't attend the church anyway, but none of them felt that they could come to the confirmation because oh, wow. they were all grieving. So yeah, yeah. I had to go on my own. And all of the girls wore, uh, it makes me really want to weep when I think about it, they wore white from top to toe with a white, a beautiful white uh, a veil, um, not covering the face, but down over the head. And uh, I was allowed to wear black school shoes and white socks and a black gym slip, which was my school uniform, and a black jumper. and uh, But I was allowed to wear the white veil. And so, of course, I was in black, yeah, black yeah. armband. And, uh, and every, all, every other little girl was in white. And I didn't have any of my family there. And they all had their family. Mm. And it was a very sad time. And I was sitting at the end of the row... And I think I was the unhappiest that I could ever remember being.
0: It such an important time for you as well, oh, wasn't it? It, yeah. was
1: ter- it was really, really hard. Yeah. And, and they all went up to the archbishop and he puts out his scepter, you know, and says, be confirmed in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he would touch them on the head with his scepter. And they all came back and I was the last one to go up and and uh, when i when i knelt before him and he touched me on the head with his scepter from the top of my head right through my whole body it was like electricity that that just came into me and And it was wonderful and uh, be confirmed in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I got up and came back to my seat and I was shaking and giggling and happy, joyful. And, And I had to get my handkerchief out to cover my mouth because I remember the teacher looking along the road to see what the commotion was, you know. And I had actually been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wow. So as soon as we were released, I, I rushed out the side door. Remember, that was my church, so I knew about the side door and into the a little side yard. And I was talking in tongues. Wow. Couldn't stop. And And it was so wonderful because I knew it had come from God. I talked in tongues. I was a paper girl. And I actually had used to put the paper bag over my head when I'd given all the papers out. I had two big Alsatian dogs, and they would go with me to deliver the papers. We all had paper jobs in those days to save up for bikes. And I had two holes that I put in the in the bag, and so I would walk home looking through the holes... And with the bag over my head. I mean it sounds really funny now, but it it didn't seem to be funny then, yeah. and talking in tongues. Yeah. And and that was and I talked until I was allowed to go to my first dance, which was about sixteen, and I was allowed to wear a little bit of lipstick. And um and I talked in tongues right until then. And then I stopped because I thought, oh well, I'm growing up now. I don't need this childish oh, wow. <laughs> language, and uh, and so I didn't talk in tongues uh, until again later.
0: Yeah,
1: but that was my introduction.
0: Wow! And had you learned about tongues? No, I ne- had no, never heard no about no one it. had ever because it was no probably yeah not ever talked about no no
1: no oh, no I I I hadn't didn't know anything oh, about no. it.
0: But you just knew it was such a powerful experience. You knew it had to be.
1: And yeah, I, I had joy. I was God. joyful That's right. from being a little girl that was consumed with grief and yeah. being different. Yeah, uh, I I was joyful, and uh, but I kept it secret. Mm. I didn't share it with my parents, I felt I couldn't, but every time I was delivering papers, when I'd finished my papers, I would talk in tongues on the yeah. way back, and and in private times, you know. Yeah. yeah. Remember in those days, we used to sleep so many in a bed, so it, it wasn't like I could go to bed and talk in tongues, because yeah. yeah. the other girls were in the bed too, and sometimes some of the boys, so wow. that's that's just how it was.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so you said I'd I'm shocking you, Luke. No, 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 it's really good. Like because I, I remember hearing the scepter story, and that's why I, yeah. But I, and I knew you uh, vaguely. I remember because it was probably over ten years ago that you told me that. So mm. um, we've known each other a long, long time. time. So that's why I just yeah that that image uh, and a couple of things that I wanted to point out with that is how how God used another person to be part of that process um, always yeah, yeah. And I think somebody in my life yeah. always and not and, my
1: family but always there was a christian somewhere yeah to, to lead me yes yeah
0: and that's i think that's where you know a lot of the times when we're learning to minister to others it helps that we've been ministered to ourselves and, and that yes. you know, God is very interested in humans connecting with oh. one another and being part oh, of my how we help each other. When, so.
1: We're never alone, Luke, mm. even when we think we are.
0: Yep.
1: We're never alone. He always brings somebody. Yep. It's
0: Absolutely. It's
1: just so wonderful, isn't it, yep. to know that.
0: So you said you, up until the age of 16, you, you sort of stopped because, you know, you, you're Thought I was, was big enough. then.
1: I was big. I was going to the dance.
0: So, what? How did that then come again? So, did you? You know, you well, still obviously later. stayed in church, but um, much yeah, later. Yeah, and when you started up again, was that because you heard someone else talking about it, or you well, just felt it was time it was, to yourself?
1: I, I was about thirty. Yeah. So from sixteen through till about thirty, uh, I didn't talk in tongues. And then my son, uh, I was in a Baptist church and I was having some problems um, with my son and the neighbour asked me could he take him to his church, which was a Pentecostal church. And I thought, well, any help? And he said, oh, there's lots of children his age and, and, and I thought that was good. Well, my son came back I couldn't believe the change in him. I couldn't believe the change. He was joyful and he was talking in tongues. I saw in that boy what I had lost. Mm. I said to, to the Lord, Lord, please will you do it to me again because... I realized I have lost something very precious, and I had filled my life with material things. Mm. We had a big house and a boat and cars and all of the material trappings. But I had that emptiness, and I had the material trappings look because I had that emptiness in my heart. Mm, and and when my son came back, I asked my pastor from the Baptist Church and said, "I'm sorry, but I, I need to go out and." And see what my son's got, and we—he was baptized, and we went, my husband and I went to see him baptized, and the pastor said, "Would anybody here like to speak for my son?" And I had never spoken publicly. Oh wow! <laughs> this was, and I was so shocked. I thought, "My goodness, you know, I'm the mother, and Seth wouldn't do it. I'm the mother. I should, I should do it," and I stood to my feet, and I was so. Shocked that I was standing to my feet and um, I didn't know what to say. I'd had no experience of it. And I, I remember just standing there and the pastor was very gracious. He he must have realized and we, we just waited. And then I prayed a prayer, my first public prayer. Wow. And, <laughs> and he was baptized. Yeah. And that was the beginning, the real beginning of my strong walk with the Lord.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. So when around that time, you obviously started then praying in tongues. Oh, yeah, again.
1: Yes, a bit different to that. I, I went, there was um, a chap called Brother Hurley, or Whirly, Whirly it was, out from America, and they were having like a, a week, week-long series of meetings. Oh, yeah. And I came in from the office, and my husband came in, and we were just sitting by the fire, and I, I said to him, Seb I'm um, you know, I'm going to church tonight. Well, my goodness, that was What? No, you're not. You know, you you've been to work all day. You stay in. No, you're not going. And I said, I am. I am, Sepp. I want to go to that church, and uh, and I got up to to put my coat on. And he said, Oh, woman! I remember him saying, Oh, woman! He never called me woman, you know, and uh, but woman, you know. All right, all right. I'll go and I'll go and get my coat. And I said, <laughs> No, you don't have to come. And he said, You're not going on your own. And so we both went. And I'd never seen a prayer line or anything. But Worley, uh, I don't even remember his Christian name. We'll call him Brother. He said, is anybody here would like to give their heart to the Lord or back to the Lord? Honestly, I stood up. My legs stood up. I don't think I stood up. My legs <laughs> stood up. My legs started to walk. And Seth was so shocked. He said, where are you going? You know, where are you going? I said, I'm going out the front. Wow. And my legs walked out the front. And I was alone out the front. I didn't, hadn't experienced any prayer line or didn't know what would happen. And he wasn't even off the platform. And the power of God hit me. Wow. And I fell over on my back well, I didn't hurt myself. Nobody caught me. And Sepp came out and he thought I'd fainted. Oh, wow. <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah. we didn't know. We didn't understand. Yeah, and, right. and Sepp thought I'd fainted. And I remember hearing someone say to Sep, she's all right. She's all right. She's under the power of God. And, and Sep said, well, what is that? I don't know what no, that right.
0: is. Yeah, no frame of reference. <laughs> no,
1: he thought I'd fainted. And... Um, Anyway, he got me to my feet and I couldn't stop talking in tongues. And we got to the car, couldn't stop talking in tongues, couldn't. And he just said, I'm taking you to Dean's house. Well, this was the man who took my son into the church. And I still couldn't stop talking in church. And Dean opened the door and Sepp said, would you mind telling me what has happened to my wife? And Dean said, oh, she's been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wow. And Sepp says, well, would you mind telling me what that is? And, and Dean said, come in. And he explained. And, you know, it was just wonderful. And then I started to laugh, and Sepp got cross with me because I couldn't stop laughing. And <laughs> it was the most wonderful experience, Luke. Yeah, yeah, but we nice. didn't know it, and we didn't understand it. And, and and what happened was I'd been baptized in the Holy Spirit Early and stop talking in tongues, and it just quickly came. Yeah, because you never lose it. No, well that's
0: right. Yeah, you yeah. just
1: stop using yeah, it. That's exactly you know? right. Yeah, that I, you know, a wonderful, wonderful experience, and that experience really is for everyone, isn't yeah,
0: it? Absolutely. When did you realise what you had was then? To pass on to others, like when by when, accident, by accident, yeah, by accident. <laughs> is, this is what I want to hear. Yeah, by
1: <laughs> accident. We by this time we we were living in um, Morfit Vale. And my brother came over from Melbourne. And suddenly, you know, oh, yeah, can I backtrack a little bit so, again? Yeah, so
0: we're in Australia now? Yes. Yeah, we're not
1: in England anymore? No. <laughs> no. Can I backtrack Absolutely. to England? Backtrack. I Remember, I haven't told this story no. for a long time. Yeah,
0: yeah, there's a lot to cover there.
1: When I was about um, probably oh, 14 or something like that, I s- said to my brother, oh, I had a dream last night that you're... Your um, factory burned down, wow. and and he said, "Oh, that's a bit stupid, you know." I was at work work yesterday, and I said, "Yeah, I guess it is a bit stupid." But I had a dream that it burned down, but you know, you were you were all safe, and um and he went to work, and his factory had burned down. Wow,
0: that day uh,
1: or that night? That or, night. Oh, wow! And um and then the next experience was. I had a dream that my brother's girl had had gone to the hospital or was going to the hospital. I can't quite remember, but she was all right, that my brother was not to worry. And I told him, and that happened. And then things started to happen that I I knew about. And the gift had to be modified. It had to be... I had to learn the gift, you know. So experiences that... um, what it, what was the question? Oh no, it's, yeah. <laughs> I think I think I've lost the no, question. No, no, that was good. Yeah,
0: it, it was basically how did you yeah know that <laughs> what you had was then for others. So oh, and oh. you've addressed obviously the prophetic dreams and yeah. then. So what about when did you know? Because dreams they got you know they're kind of like confirmations for you that when you're having those dreams then you know that you know that god's speaking to you about that particular yes. thing how did you learn to discern which is i think the most important thing when it comes to knowing the prophetic you know how did okay. you learn to discern oh, that's, which that's when you're having question. those thoughts which are the ones yeah. that god well learning. they
1: don't seem to come through your head yeah they seem to come through uh i, I think the well, I didn't know then, but I would say the middle of me. Yeah. But I would say now, uh, like, it's a strong, intuitive sense. Yeah. Sense, but you, I can hear the words on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a strong understanding, and, uh, and I learned to discern it like a friend. Yeah. Like I had a friend speaking with me on mm-hmm. the inside, and it didn't come through my head. It was um, knowledge came through my head, but this came... I guess then I probably thought through my heart, and yeah. now know as my spirit, and it was like an internal friend that I, I, I walked with and yeah. and talked
0: with Luke. So is it something? So just I'm just really keen to hear the first time specifically when you said something to someone. Obviously, because these dreams, you know, you had dreams, so it was mm. fairly vivid and had the memory
1: started with the dreams you know remember i'm covering a period of a few years now but there was one incident that um well i i I was quite a bit i can't say frightened of the gift but i was i was aware that i was different and other people were aware and i used to get out of my bed and lie on the floor in the night and and pray and talk to the Lord, and 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 I started to to say things to people in ordinary conversation, yeah. Yeah. that I, I used to preface them with, you know, you know, I was just thinking about something, and and I, I thought about this. Well, they were prophetic words, yeah. And I had a lot of startling experiences. There was one that I I remember. We came out of another conference. And I walked past a whole line of people. And as I walked past them, look, they all fell over. And that wow. happened. That was outside. Yeah. Outside the church. Yeah. They, they all fell over. And that happened to me two or three times. And I was really scared. I wow. thought, I, I, I just <laughs> couldn't. Nobody took me aside and explained what was happening. And it makes, you know, I, I was possibly in my 30s. I don't know whether I was a bit older. But when these things started to happen, people would fall over when I walked beside them and all that. Do you know how scary that is i
0: could imagine yeah um yeah like i guess if there's any sense of rejection or anything it you think if i hurt them or uh, i always kept
1: thinking what have i done wrong you know (laughs) it's the opposite it's just it's god obviously moving
0: through you so i guess if anyone's listening that hasn't seen that or understood what that is you know uh i guess yeah it can be a fairly scary thing but it, oh, it's actually a beautiful thing isn't it so because when you
1: understand yeah when
0: you understand and that's I guess yeah because for someone who would be listening and doesn't understand but you know
1: I, I'm probably going to backtrack and come forward again but a thought just came to me you know when I was at school I didn't have a lot of friends Luke because I was always felt different mm. and you know what we would call dirty jokes, would pass around the class. And, um, well, I don't know how dirty they were, but we used as a child call them dirty jokes. And nobody would give them to me. Wow. They, they, they would pass me by, and, and, and I wouldn't be given them. And, and I would say, well, let me see the jokes. No, no, don't give the jokes to her, you know. Oh, really? And that sort of thing. And uh, I remember I had about four close friends right through school, but but you have this sense that you you're always different and and you know my my first my first male friend not a boyfriend but sort of a boyfriend you know he he walked me home from the dance and um and and he and he said to me I oh, I'm I'm, go- I'm going to finish with you Joan I'm not going to. To, to go out with you anymore and I' say why I remember saying why I don't even remember his name now why and he said oh because you know the other girls they'll they'll, they'll do more and I don't want to be explicit on, on here but uh, but you won't and oh, uh, wow. and you're different so we're going to finish that was a great heartbreak to me as well mm. at the local dance like it was at the church hall you know yeah and uh, seeing him dancing with the other girls and also yeah. a series of joys and heartbreaks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know for myself, uh, you know, and notice a lot of people that really love people, others and, and want to serve. I guess it's kind of like uh, that. It's that rejection and, you know, disconnection that sometimes you feel which draws you to draw more from God. Do you know what I mean? And. Yeah. And out of that overflow and that relationship, obviously, all these amazing things have come. Yeah. You know, beautiful things have come for others as well. But there
1: was a period when I would have, I needed someone to, to come alongside me and say, "This is what's happening yeah. to you." Yeah. But I had a period where quite a, quite a long time where I had to walk, and, and 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 I'm not saying there weren't people, but maybe I was a bit secretive or. Or maybe I couldn't share, I felt too vulnerable or something. Mm. So we've learned now to, to use the gifts to draw this stuff out from people mm. so they don't feel so alone. I've, yeah, that's right. I think that's one of the keys that, that has made me successful with people, that, that I've learned how to draw out, yeah. draw the pain yeah. out. and
0: Absolutely. Yes even we're having this conversation for now yeah. is one show people you know that doesn't matter how you know heartbroken they've been how yes. painful their life has oh, been yes, yes. there is healing that can oh, come as well Oh my there.
1: goodness yes but you know that the trust of the lord has got to come so mm. early and And so that whatever you're walking through, you have to understand you're walking through with God and that he truly never leaves you and and wants to walk through your pain and your grief and your joys and, and everything, you know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So what advice would you give to someone, say, if they're listening and they hadn't heard this sort of thing before but they want to know more, what advice would you give them?
1: Well, the scripture that comes to me, uh, I'm not sure, is it in Jeremiah where it says, Call unto me and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Uh, I think it's in Jeremiah, I haven't read it for a while. And call unto me just means, to me now, talking Opening my heart up and, and sharing because even a sort of shyness comes even with God. Yeah. You know, you go through all these thinking, all these thoughts of gosh, he's watching me when this is happening, he's watching me when that's happening and and a, a trust has got to grow. But that scripture, call unto me and I will answer thee. Yeah. We all need answers, don't we, Luke? Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Always, Absolutely. at any time of our life.
0: Yeah. Wow, no, that's really cool. Is there anything else you wanted to? No, I, up I'm with?
1: just. I I was, you know, really a little bit um, shy about doing this, but but I can see that many people could be listening that need to hear. What we are saying, Luke, yeah. and and I just want to thank you for the privilege. My, my
0: pleasure. Yeah, so we're hoping to do more of this. I would, uh, I
1: would absolutely love yeah. to. And we'd love
0: to uh, know, if we
1: can take this form, like question and answer. Yeah, and,
0: that that's a really good idea. So mm. maybe if anyone's listening and, and has a question, they could send send you or send me, and we can yeah, because teaching about God and then ho- added an overflow of that, the prophetic, which is something that you. I
1: think it's. Almost like a lot of my work is like um, I mentor a, yeah. a lot of people, and uh, um, a number I can't do too many. But it's like I I have become a life coach, yeah, a spiritual yeah, life right. coach, yeah. and and we we all need that, yeah, absolutely, don't we? Someone so, who's been there before yes, us. That, yes, yeah, right. that's, that's right, that's right. So cool. I would love to do more, and that's. Yeah, um, fantastic. if we can receive questions somehow, and um, I guess that's you can work that out yeah, how that happens. Yeah, that sounds very good.
0: So thank you, no and thank worries. you so much. Luke. Well, thank you for chatting to me, and I'm very <laughs> it's happy been to have heard the story. It's very yeah, cool. So it's been wonderful. It's been you know, I think we've known each other for 16 years, so. It's good to finally hear that. <laughs> it's um, being a, you that, know, oh, the whole story. Well, it's not more. the whole story, is it? There's still, still <laughs> oh, so much more, isn't there? Many.
1: More. I've travelled to a lot of countries in the yeah. world and teaching yep. and training, mentoring, and many stories. Yep. Yes, God wow. will, God will have to bring them wow. back.
0: I'm very excited to hear some more stories. Then that's mm. really Thank cool. you, thank you, thank <laughs> All you. Right. Thanks for coming.
1: Thank you.